Good morning and welcome to Coffee Talk Podcast. This is your host, Anne Markan. I'm sitting here with my good friend, Steve Leverett, today, who's a local engineer in a fire department near you. Um, welcome, Steve. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Anne. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Sorry for spilling my tea on you. It's okay. <laughs> it's, right. it's a good, good way to start, you I know? I need to wash my feet anyway. <laughs> Sorry, mine are sticky. Sorry. <laughs> Um, well, uh, I just wanted to, for those of us that are joining us, uh, Steve Leverett has been around for a long time. He uh, first met him back in 2006 for uh, American Medical Responsive Redlands, spent some time at Cal Fire, and um, I just really have enjoyed seeing you grow and in, in, in your career and in your personal life. Um, so now where you work at the local fire department, you I noticed that this department has a lot of community outreach. You guys do a lot of participation in the community. Um, and it seems to have a huge impact on your relationship to the community, and it makes a big difference. So can you let us know kind of what your perspective is on that and how important it is for fire departments to be involved in their communities in different ways? Yeah, my, my experience with community involvement, it started back in, I'd say 2010, uh, working in Highland, came across a boxing, a boxing gym, nonprofit, <laughs> and... You know, you run you run a, a common medical aids all day, every day. And the thing that kind of sparked a little, a lot of positivity in my life, at, at least, was getting involved. So getting involved with your, your local community as far as nonprofit organizations and stuff like that, letting, letting your community know that you're super involved, you know. And I feel like a lot of people can get a lot out of it personally, not just professionally. You do this, you know, you, you tend to run a lot of calls, you know, and, and you get bogged down with the same medical aids, the same calls and that kind of stuff. But as far as getting involved in your community, um, someone told me uh, probably seven years ago that you're a product, you know, you are a product that you're selling to the community. And uh, however much involvement you have shows your commitment to, right. to the town or the city or the county that you work in. Right. And... You know, we do we do a bowling tournament for the, the bowling for burns for yeah. the Fire and Burn Foundation. We do we do a car show for the Benevolent Fund, and all the money goes back into the community. That's awesome. And what happens is you, you build you build super good relationships with almost almost every single business in town. Yeah. So you meet business owners, you go and talk to them. Yeah. You develop a relationship, whether it's a restaurant or a brewery or a dealership or a car dealership and and just by showing them your interest in the community and stuff like that it, you basically you are you're you're once you realize that you're a product and you're selling yourself to your community it, it really shows your investment into the community and and uh, just builds a relationship from there yeah i think the really cool thing and especially now with my department the relationship that we have to our community I really like that we can learn uh, to meet the needs of our specific, you know, uh, constituency by doing those events and spending time with them and realizing, you know, every community is a little bit different and it has its needs. So it's really a joy. And when as a department, you can address those individual needs and hopefully, you know, make a difference and maybe get into some prevention and, yeah. <laughs> you know, some training. Like, yeah. you know, we started the Stop the Bleed campaign last year. Yeah. I'm super excited to, you know, have that available to our community now for, you know, our CPR classes that we do monthly. 
And I just love that, you know, obviously we never want anything bad to happen in our communities, but we can do our part in preparing our community members so that they can feel that they can respond immediately when something happens until we get there. And I just love that autonomy. I think uh, a big thing too is how's your social media game? Yeah. You know I, mean? I yeah. know a lot of, we've always been taught, you know, just do the job, do the job great. Don't boast. And you can't boast about your job. You know, you're just doing your job. And so you, you, you try, you try not to boast, but you really want to show the community like, Hey, we don't, we don't sit around and play chess. Yeah. We don't wait. We don't wait for the next call. Right. We are constantly busy. We're constantly training. We're constantly learning. Wow. And what happens when you go, when you go out into the public and you're, you know, you're training in front of the public and you're, you're, you're learning about their businesses, whether it's through a charity or whether you're just training on their building for the day, you're showing interest. You're showing, you're showing them that you're concerned about their, their, their business alone, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, your local charity and charities and stuff like that. What you're, what you're doing is you're just developing relationships. See, I, I love that. I, I have the luxury of being in it, working for a city that I grew up in. Wow. So my great grandparents, I, I tell the story all the time, but my great grandparents actually met in 1935 <laughs> they met right across the street from the station that I met no way yeah, that yeah. is such a cool story yeah. and uh they ran they ran their bikes into each other <laughs> <laughs> so I, I tell them like he was portuguese she was dutch and they were teenagers at the time wow. she, like they were watching a baseball game <laughs> she wrecked she she ran his bike into his and he gave her attitude gave her some lips so they, they had a little argument <laughs> and then next thing you know they're dating and Wow. And that's kind of where my my family starts, and then my my grandparents met at a local high school here. Wow! They fell in love, got married in town, and then I was raised around town. I wasn't necessarily in the city, but I was just on the outskirts of town. Yeah. But growing up here, you you already know. Yeah. You already know the city. Yeah. So it doesn't. You don't have to fake like you love the community. Right. Like you have. You're, yeah, you're, actually you're, do. Yeah, you got roots. Mm -hmm. You're entrenched. You know the city like the back of your hand. Yeah. So that's what it's all about about being local. You know? Yeah. So I love that too. I love that. I I've ran so many calls on friends and family yeah. oh, and, yeah. and people that I know and grew up with, and yeah. it's such a great thing to be able to provide a service based on a skill set that I have. Yeah. But even more than that, just to care for them. I think that's the neatest thing. So, um, you know, another part that, you know, a big part that I've seen over, you know, 13 plus years of knowing you and seeing your career is that you've always kind of paid it forward. Um, I've seen you in the past have students and as a preceptor. Um, I've seen you, you know, really have like two or three generations now of paramedics that are now training other paramedics. And it makes a huge difference. Um, why? Why did you feel the need to do that? What, like, what was your calling and being a preceptor? Um, and how do you think that changes our community as a whole? Well, I think it starts at a young age. You know, I you're picking up from your leaders that you had, right? Mm -hmm. So I started when I was 20. And, <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I started Crazy. when I was when I was 20, and uh, at Cal Fire as a paid call. Yeah, I didn't know anything. I knew nothing. I was raised by a single mother. I, I tell people, you know, I didn't know what a, a two-stroke or a four-stroke engine was. I didn't know what a carbide tip was to a tool or anything like that. I didn't. I just didn't know. I didn't grow up riding riding dirt bikes. Yeah. I didn't do any of that manly stuff. Yeah. So, so I, I tell people like the the fire department kind of raised me as a young man, and 
it was pretty hardcore back then. So you weren't allowed in the station unless you knew everything about the engine. Wow. So you're volunteering your time, you know, and you'd walk into the station and, and go read a book, you know, yeah. to study or, you know, maybe, maybe you could be misconstrued as being lazy, but you're just trying to study. And they're like, hey, you know, how many, how many blades are on the rotary saw? And you're like, uh, duh, yeah. one, but <laughs> how many spares do we have? I uh, think, oh, you think, you know, why don't you get back out to the bay and uh, keep ripping that thing apart? So I think at a, at a, a, as far as the department goes, they need to choose good leaders, but you need to take the, the initiative to, to choose your leaders. Oh, you know wow. What I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? So no. yeah. guys or girls that inspire you, you're like, I want to be like them. You know? yeah. I want to be like that guy. So I, I had at a really young age of guys taking me aside, great firemen, like super great firemen. Taking me aside, showing me the ropes, that kind of stuff. When they could have just easily mm-hmm. bypassed me and just whatever, I don't have time for you. I'm, I'm at work, so they, they took the time and I and I remember that realizing that at a young age. Man, if it wasn't for these guys, I wouldn't. I'd be lost. Yeah. So I kind of took that and said, I'm gonna do the same thing. You know, a lot of people talk about the new generation, like they don't have any social skills, they don't have a work ethic and this kind of stuff, but. Every generation is different. Yeah, we're different than our. Sure. Yeah, you know, we're different than our parents' generation, and they're a lot different than their parents' generation. So you have to you have to adapt. Um, as far as students, I kind of saw a, um, a lack of a, aggressive medics. You know, with people skills. Yeah. Be aggressive. Use the skills that you were taught. Yeah. Know how to do them. Yeah. And don't look for reasons to not do these mm-hmm. skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, you know, whether, whether it's a uh, a needle thrower that you got to do on an auto pad or something like that, don't look for reasons not to do it. Like, right. know your skills and, and, and have the, you, wow. have, you have the knowledge, you have the knowledge, but to learn that aggressive approach of treating when you need to treat mm-hmm. instead of dropping a patient off at a trauma center and them doing all the work for you. Just that kind of stuff. I, I wanted to. I, I'm a real big component on the customer service aspect yes. of it. It's huge. And yeah, you can run a call, but did you get to know the patient? Yeah. Did you get to know them at all? So with my students, it was more of that, like just entrenching myself in the student. And it was, it was a, it was a lot of work as a like a really busy preceptor. You know, just just trying to give them that skill set because they they know they know what they know from their college or wherever wherever they went to paramedic school so you make sure they know that but i think a big component for me was always the lack of people skills that i saw right coming in to ems and you can't really you know as much as we tried you know when i used to teach uh, colleges um you can't really teach a whole lot of people skills yeah. until you have the people. Yeah. So it's almost uh, just as essential as a preceptor for your role in you know, communication and delegation and scene management and how you actually effectively care for these people. I mean, you have, it's almost like a whole new thing yeah. that you're showing that just builds on what they've learned in, in school. Because you can't do it until you actually have that patient in front of you, yeah. you know? And I, I remember Dr. Holbrook telling me, he's like, well, what's another, you know, this was 14 years ago. Yeah. What's another treatment? And I was just jokingly like, I don't know, TLC? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, okay. 
Okay, that's I good. That's good. TLC. I like it. I'm like, oh, for real? You know? Are you being for real? And it was that. And I think it's it comes so with time. Good. You know, it comes with time and, and doing yeah. the skills. But how are you going to get experience if you keep, you know, right. you keep deterring away from those those critical skills that we need to use? Right. And then if we don't do them properly, we lose them. Absolutely. And then you Absolutely. see the, you see the paramedic you see the paramedic role and the ENT role merging. Yeah. You see those you see those two positions merging, yeah. and that. Not that I want to differentiate between, oh, I'm a paramedic and you're an EMT, but we need to, I know it comes with time, but if you have that confidence, you know what I mean? And that, own it. And I said that comes with time, but you really have to instill in the younger generation, like, you can do these skills. Yeah. And hey, check it out. This is how you do them. Yeah. So when we get a critical call, we're going to do them and you're going to see it. Yeah. And then you're not going to hesitate the next time it comes around. That's awesome. So I think when, I think. You know, I think colleges need to do the same thing. They need to choose their leaders wisely. Like Absolutely. the instructors that you're choosing, are they aggressive or do they have great people skills? Yeah. Because that, you know, that will just translate to the students. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, um, trying to, uh, I have a couple more questions for you, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, you do have quite a busy career. You yeah. had a, a big career. Um, and uh, a great home life, it seems like. I have a lot of respect for your wife and your kids and seeing them grow over the years has been super fun, yeah. even if it's digitally on yeah. Facebook, but it's been yeah. great. Um, how do you kind of balance, or I guess include, because it seems like you include your family in your career. How do you include your family in your career? And uh, do you have any advice on how to have a good, healthy work-life balance? <laughs> My wife would have more to say about this than me. But, uh, yeah, you know what? Like, like I said, you, you look you look at men or women that you work with, and you you look at them, and you're it's like the guys I work with. I mean, they can crack on you all day. Yeah. And you're like, God, oh, you're vicious. Yeah. But then you see them around kids, and you're like, Well, what happened to that? Like, yeah. You just, you just yeah. melted my kid's heart. Right. Like, what the heck? Yeah. And you look at those. I I I work with all pretty much all men, right? So, and they're all dads. Most of them are all dads. Yeah. So, you know, you just look at, you look at those guys and you go, what does he do? You know what I mean? What, like, what's he doing? What's he doing so right? And like, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that I'm still learning this. Yeah. Still learning as I go. I've only been in the, in the service, fire service for 15 years. And it's a, it's a constant learning game. You know, um, I met Aaron, we will, when we were kids. So, We've known each other our whole life, but we got married and then I went right into the fire service. So she wasn't with me with like through paramedic school or anything, but the, the first thing you need to realize is in, in my case, she'll never know what it's like for me, right? She'll never understand my job completely. And it is impossible for me to understand what she does. So I think, I think the sooner you can grasp that and not, not compete, and, mm, and I love that we, we compete all the time yes but and, and it's, all, it's always fun but as soon as you realize she's never gonna know what it's like in my shoes right she's never gonna understand but the first but you just got to realize you're never gonna understand yeah your significant others what they're going through at home with three kids yeah um with all the charity stuff I do I mean my, my department's super encouraging whatever you need let me know so you know Aaron helps me out with That's most awesome. most of the charity stuff I do all the other wives help help out they're constantly little, little supporters yeah but 
but uh, you don't have to be okay. best. You know, you know, the wives don't have to be best friends, but they can definitely learn. They can definitely learn from each other as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what I deal with. You deal with the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. And like we talked about earlier before we started, um, when you get when I get stressed, I just entrench myself in work. Yeah. You know, and maybe Me that's, too. And maybe that's not a good thing. You know, but you learn and definitely don't want to miss out on too many family things. But I think it's definitely important that my kids know that dad makes sacrifices and you're going to make sacrifices too when you get older and you're going to realize what I was doing and what mom was doing. Yeah, you know what I mean? So absolutely. there's that fine balance between backing into your paycheck and doing nothing or, Hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to try to go on above and beyond Yeah. and I'm going to, and I might miss out on some things, but my, my family's going to know Yeah. what, what we all did together. You know yeah, what I mean? Doing like, it together is really important, yeah. including everyone and the parts yeah. that you can. Yeah. Um, and just sharing and being a witness to the yeah. life of one another, I think, yeah. is has been good for you know my husband and I. Yeah, for sure. Well, you, you guys have a you guys have a really unique situation where you guys kind of both do the same job. <laughs> yeah. So you do know what it's like, right? And, and and Christian does know what it's like. Yeah. For for me, like I, I try I tried when we were younger. Aaron would go on ride outs. She did a couple of ride outs with me. Yeah. And they were they were crazy ones. Yeah. And my captain at the time was cool enough to let her ride out and kind of see. And he was like, and they were a big opponent. Like, no, it's really important that they see what what you do every day. Yeah. Like it's important to kind of get a kind of wow. get a grasp on it. Yeah. And she deals with she deals with all my crap, you know, yeah. being tired. Yeah. And 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 all and I'm sure everyone listening understands too. So you come off of a, a seven day and you're tired. And she wants a break. Yeah. You know, she wants a break to get away from the kids or, or kind of hang out. But you kind of want to see the kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, I haven't seen the kids either. So yeah. You're, you're constantly trying to balance yeah. Trying to balance each other's lives. But, yeah, like I said, I, I would be uh, I'd be lying if I told you I have it hammered down. Yeah. It's constantly a learning, a learning process. Uh, understood. Understood. So um, thanks so much for sharing that. I know it's kind of personal. Yeah. But that's what makes this stuff so yeah. good, you know? Yeah. Um, I know that, you know, you contribute a lot. We've kind of talked about with, you know, outreach and yeah. with uh, being a preceptor and with your kids and your family, yeah. just trying to make the community a little bit better. Um, do you have a vision or uh, do you have uh, something that you'd like to see happen in the industry in the future that you're working on, passionate about, that you can share with everyone listening? I think uh, as, a, as a fire department, it's important to develop a culture and we talk about culture all the time you know but you can go on strike teams with other fire departments and the goal is always the same but you'll realize whoa their culture is 100 percent different than ours yeah whether it, they're like super strict or they're by the book or they like to have fun but they do the job too but i think it's it's important for departments to develop a culture right off the back and, and like i said that that's that's goes that goes as, as the first thing i would say is who are your leaders yeah you know what i mean and i think your your leaders really set the culture right off the back whether yeah. it's hey we're gonna we're gonna be working all day and we're gonna be cracking and we're gonna be training and this is the culture so get with it or check out yeah you know what i mean so my my culture we have a lot of fun we have yeah. a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. I try, sure. I, you know, not, and that's probably me. That's probably <laughs> like that's my that's my personality. We we deal we you know we all deal with a lot of serious stuff. Yeah. All day, the stresses of the job, 
Um, it's the coolest job ever, but it's extremely, what you learn throughout the years is extremely fragile as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. One, one mistake, one mistake yeah, you make and it's all gone. Yeah. So you, I think you have that subconsciously in the back of your mind all the time. But as far as that, like, you know, as a vision I would see, develop a, an awesome culture out the get go and hold fast to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't let it, you can't let one, two or three people change your culture. That's awesome. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and mental health as well. Mental health, I think, goes right with physical health. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. more, the more physically prepared or, or good you feel, it is directly affected by your emotional state. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Get hobbies outside of work. Yeah. Don't let, you know, I would I would give advice to, like, don't let the job be the only thing that you got. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, like, yeah. You see that a lot. Like, this yeah. is this is me. It's hard like, not to do, yeah. Yeah, for sure, especially when you live it, all, like, I'd say half half of the year you're, you're away. Yeah. I know we like to say, people like to say, you know, three quarters or a quarter of the year we're here, but realistically it's more than that. You know what I mean? It is, yeah. So just develop a culture and then have uh, mental health be a little bit better throughout yeah. the years. You know, we're starting to see a lot of bad stuff mentally, mentally wise, but right. and I think as long as you have that positive culture with a strong work ethic, I, I think a lot of people, when they get bored, is when when problems happen yeah mentally or whatever yeah um, when 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 you get stagnant in your job is when you need to kind of branch out and get some hobbies and maybe yeah. get, maybe getting more involved with the community and try to get something else out of the job besides just going to work i really like that i like um that if you if you if you're feeling you know frustrated or you know uh, like you said bored or you know stagnant, yeah. that it can lead to other un unhealthy mental processes. Yeah. I think that's really yeah. interesting to point out, and it's actually a call to everything else that you do. That go out into your community, contribute. I always say that we're producers; that we yeah. should be working on building something or creating yeah. something. That that's what will make us full. Um, so. Thank you so much for sharing a cup of coffee yeah. with me and, uh, and, and being on the Coffee Talk podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, and we look forward to maybe hear, hearing from you again in the future. Okay. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Thank you. Um, thank you for joining the podcast, Coffee Talk, and we hope to see you again. Bye.